Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Today, I have Kaylin Castell on the program, and I am thrilled to have Kaylin. She's going to talk about shamanic astrology today. And I've never really had anyone in the program talk about this. So, so I'm pretty excited about it. Kaylin is the co-founder of Venus Alchemy, My Star Alchemy, and the Shamanic Astrology Mystery School. In addition to writing monthly celestial timings for her 25 years, she enjoys sharing these mysteries through personal readings and teaching both online and in-person events, changing lives and perspectives from the visionary understanding that we inform the mysteries as much as they inform us. Welcome to the program, Kaylin. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. (laughs) <laughs> yes, great to have you here. So you talk about the mysteries, um, I assume the mysteries of the universe, but can you kind of um, tell us what you mean by the mysteries? So I love this question. We have <laughs> good. We have history, his story. Mm-hmm. We have, some people are now trying to say what's her story or her story. And mystery is my story. But if you think about it, the mysteries are, it's just like life and what is it going to bring to us? And it's a mystery. <laughs> right, right. So, so what, one of the things that happened eons ago when there became more dominator paradigm and culture ca- that came in was that they took the astrological mysteries from the people. So they no longer were having a direct relationship with the seasons, the moon phases, the planets moving across the sky, that kind of thing. I mean, literally they built standing stone circles, pyramids, petroglyph sites, chambered cairns, temple sites, many different ways that they were tracking the magical link between the earth and the sky. And they, and the people would know when to do ceremony, when to have intentions, when to align with what was happening, but to have their be co-creators, to be uh, having their intention align with what was happening in the sky, we lost that. It was purposely taken from us. So, um, the so what shamanic astrology is really about is how do we get that back? <laughs> Interesting. So, when you say it was purposely taken, are you talking about man power um, purposely took it to? So the priests, so they yeah, can, so the, the priests or the, you know, the, the, yes. uh, like, especially if we look at interesting, just something some people might not know. And this is not to disparage Christianity, but those in power didn't want people to connect astrologically to those mysteries anymore because the pagan people were doing their uh, cross quarter celebrations and their equinox and solstice and full moon and new moon and all of those kinds of things. And so they started overlaying different uh, Christian 
holidays. Like they started creating them to overlay so that they wouldn't have right. them anymore, and they'd forget why they were doing those things. And so, uh, but interesting that the Easter is determined astrologically. It is the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox or the March equinox. And that's when Easter, that's when they set the Easter holiday. So that, that's why it moves around. It's not ever the same day yeah. ever, ever. And that's why, and it's, it's a, it's an astrological determining. They also in St. Peter's cathedral in the dome, there is a, um, a, there's like a, 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 a little window of light in the dome so that when the sun at the equinox would come through, it would light up a certain panel on the floor and they would know. So they were tracking it. Right. <laughs> they didn't want the people to have that knowledge and information. So they kept that secret and they, they kind of made it like, oh, astrology, it's really not good. It's bad. It's evil. It's the work of the devil, whatever that kind of thing. So it was definitely taken or like dismissed or like, you know, certain stories told about it that weren't true. And, right, right. Especially and so in people, Western, in Western culture. Yes. Not the indigenous, but the Western cultures. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a way so that people couldn't have their own direct connection. They, they wanted the priests to be the, the intercessor between God and the people. Right. So they would, so they could be, um, so they would do what they were told. Otherwise they were going to hell or they'd be excommunicated or, you know, there was a lot of threats that were um, given to people. And there's still a lot of that energy for some people out there. I've encountered Uh, yes, yes, yeah. I do too. So tell us about the importance of the no, the importance of get, getting back to this knowledge of astrology and using it, how we can use it in our lives. And I guess that also sort of begins with our natal charts because you use that um, in the beginning of reading. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, so there's, boy, there's a lot of things I can say about this. <laughs> One is just, it's just becoming reattuned to the fact that there are things going on in the sky that help us to know what time it is. What's the season? What's the moon phase? What's the time of the month? What's the time of the day? Is the sun rising? Is it getting ready to set? Is it overhead? Is it whatever? So all of those things are a way that we could connect into the mysteries of time and what time it is and what's going on. And there's, and there's way bigger stuff going on around all of that. Of course, yes. <laughs> we could say the biggest context of what's happening right now in the world is that the December solstice sun and the June solstice sun are both rising on the galactic crosses. One galactic cross in the December solstice is near the galactic center. So it, and it only can do this for, well, we, it moves about one degree every 72 years. So if we looked at a 144 window, year window, it started in uh, uh, 1926 and goes to 2070. If we look at a 72 year window, it goes from 1962 to 2034. So we're at least still in it, even if from a 72 year perspective. Mm -hmm. And it can only happen every about 26,000 years. This is big. It's way bigger than the age of Aquarius that everybody gets fixated on. <laughs> Right. That's the shift of a month or of a 2000 year cycle. This is a shift of a 26,000 year cycle. So it's way bigger than that. And we get to be here to be witness to that. And part of reclaiming these mysteries is that we 
remember, we can remember how we are co-creators. The mysteries are telling us what time it is. And then we tell the mysteries what it is we want to co-create. So that's one of the reasons why. And then the, the whole thing about the natal chart is that everybody's born in a certain moment of time and the planets are in a certain relationship. And we could say it's like a blueprint or it's, it's telling us what is the intent? Why have you come? What are the mysteries you've come to investigate, to explore, to help evolve, to express? You know, we're like, we're, we are the reason these mysteries have life. They express through us. And so when we understand that intent and we work with it and, you know, not what the culture says we should do or we should do or how we should be, how we should express, but we we align with what that intent is. And it's usually most times I, I, when I connect with people, it's like, they're like, I always felt that was true, <laughs> right, right. but the, but the family, the culture, the religion, the whatever told them, no, that's mm -hmm. not right for you or whatever. So it's like, it gives you permission to be who you are, which you may already feel like you're being, or that you've suspected that you, that was yours to do. And, uh, and then, and then you can then make more conscious choices to align with that intention. And that is literally where magic happens in people's lives. When we are more aligned with that original intent of why we came and why we're here and we're helping to fulfill that. And we're looking at it archetypally and, um, uh, you know, from a perspective that is mythically, mythically and archetypally, like what are the stories that we know and, and what are the energies we have understood this to be? with the recognition that these archetypes are all evolving. <laughs> so whatever we thought it to be, it's growing into something more than that. So we're not limited by that. Um, so, so you're talking about some really big ideas here. Um, let's go back just a minute about this 26,000 years or how long was it? How many 20, years? It's 25,920 <laughs> years if you want the okay. exact date, but just round it up to 26. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so what does that mean to us today? Is, is that part of what, of course, 26,000, I was going to say the transformation, but that seems to me it's been the past, I don't know, couple of decades well longer than that so what does that mean for us what is what is happening during this time period so first let me just say that plato understood this and he called it the great year that the seasons the signs of the astrological signs like zero Capricorn and zero cancer on the galactic crosses the zero capricorn point near galactic center and the center of the galaxy representing like the starting point of where we might start calculating this great year. And that's what's happening now. And it's happening for a while. Uh, and so what we can know about that is that we're at the ending of the previous 26,000 year cycle. And then we're at the beginning of the next 26,000 year cycle. So we're in an in-between place. So all the, the, all the things that were in motion from the last 26,000 years are completing. And then we're putting into motion the next 26,000 years. And in that in-between place, it can be really confusing. Like, what is it? It's not this, it's not that, but it's what we're co-creating. It's how we are working with these mysteries to how are we going to go forward? Are we going to allow the dominator culture to continue? Um, are we going to allow ourselves to be told what to do? <laughs> uh, I have a lot of Aries, so I don't like to be told what to do. <laughs> <Sand>. <laughs> 
Um, so are we are we making those choices for ourselves? Are we being more conscious about what it is that we're co-creating with great mystery? That th these are the questions to be asking. And because you know, at, at the end of an, any calendar year, as we go into the new year, people set their a New Year's um, resolution or intention resolutions. Yeah, whatever it is they're going to do. So we're kind of in a time for that, but it's a longer time. It's not just a day. <laughs> It's like many years of what is that and what are we completing with and what are we going toward? Uh, so having awareness of that is, and, and recognizing that, of course, everything that's been in motion must complete. And then what are we putting into motion at the same time? So it's kind of like both things are happening together. Right. So within all of this, with the natal chart and um, the mystery and, and um, co-creating, do you believe that many things in life are destined, that there's this universal divine plan that we, I know there is free will, but some much of what, well, I don't believe in randomness myself. I have a feeling you don't either. Do you believe in randomness? Uh, well, I think it can happen, but here's, I, I thought about this question pretty much my whole life. And when I was in college, I had the opportunity to read a Vedic story. It was called the Ramayana. It's about Rama. And they were in a time, not unlike the time we're in now, where there were these creatures, they were called Rakshasas, and they were just creating havoc across the land and controlling and manipulating people and doing horrible, awful things. And so they went to the gods and they said, you have to come help us. This We can't continue like this. <laughs> so... Vishnu is a god. There's a triple godhead, um, Vishnu, Shiva, and Brahma. So Vishnu decides to come. He'll come and help. He says, I'll come and help. So he incarnates as Rama, and he is the firstborn of the Maharaj. And so uh, basically, he's supposed to become the Maharaj, but that as actually isn't why he incarnated. So there's these things that happen that get him on the track, and he actually winds up getting kicked out of the kingdom. <laughs> Um, his father gets tricked into kicking him out. And, you know, it's just this really great story anyway, but he, um, he decides like, okay, I'm going into the woods and I'm going to learn. And he goes to different um, teachers and learns all these different things and so on. He goes with his wife, Sita, and, and he has to do this in order for Ravana, the king of the Rakshasas to find Sita, the wife and abduct her so that Rama has to go get her back kind of go to war with them and then take out the Rakshasas. That's, and that's his whole purpose for incarnating. He had an intent. And what I read, when I read that, I was like, oh, so his free will, he could have like, when he got kicked out of the kingdom and he wasn't going to become the Maharaj now, he could have been bombed. He could have been really depressed. He could have like made the, but no, he chose to look at it as an adventure and okay, cool. We're going to make the most of this. So it was like, there was something that was destined to happen and he had free will about how he engaged that destiny, if that makes yes, sense. It makes so a I'm, lot of sense to me because sometimes people talk about free will and my, my head starts spinning, but <laughs> I, that makes so much sense to me that some things are destined, but how you either react to that or what you decide to do with that that's the free will part of it is that what I hear you saying yes exactly and yes. you know so there'll be certain events that happen in our life that are beyond our control mm -hmm. we you know 
we have parents that we chose that before we came into this life, that's part of our destiny to have that family and to have those experiences. And then what we do with it is our free will choice, what we do with those situations. And I do believe we're co-creators. So we're also co-creating as we go um, based on our choices and that kind of thing. But there, there may be certain major events that um, we just will still have to encounter, but it's up to us how we navigate them. Yes. Yeah. Do you use the terminology? I think it's called an LB. When you do astrological charts, it's something that's really big that happens in your life, mm-hmm. probably four, three or four times a year. That's really c- can be life-changing in one, in one way or the other, depending on how you once again, decide to handle it. So I don't know what LB means exactly, but, oh, okay. but I, but what I think I, hear you asking, we will, we go through certain initiatory cycles. So how old you are will determine some of those cycles, Mm -hmm. you know, what's on your personal natal chart will determine some of those cycles. Uh, And those cycles are, we call them initiation cycles because they are here to teach us and help us grow. Even though sometimes what we encounter feels completely disempowering, feels completely beyond our control, feels really challenging and and difficult, especially when we fight it and resist it. Right. (laughs) Which I have done. I know. It's like, I mean, even though though I know this stuff now, I'm like sometimes still resisting letting go of certain things. Like, okay, I know I have to let go of that, but I don't want to. (laughs) So we're only human, right? We're only human. Exactly. So but when we, when we finally get to the place, it's like, oh yeah, I need to let go of that. And you let go, then the, whatever is meant to come and to empower you. So the cycles are all about maturation and growth and empowerment and to help us to be uh, the most that we can be, but we can resist, we can fight, we can try to hang on and control and manipulate. And that's part of our conditioning. So we all tend to do that. Um, to some degree, but when we can surrender and when we can accept and we can allow that and, and understand that whatever is happening is happening for us, not to us. Right. right. So, uh, you know, and everybody's had, it's like, I often will describe, um, one of my first major Pluto cycles, it burned my life to the ground. Everything I knew, everything I had seen and and thought was true. It wasn't true. (laughs) I had to like completely rethink everything. And I, and I hung on to that as long as I didn't know anything about astrology. This was back in my early thirties. I didn't know anything about it then. Um, it was right after that, that I got introduced to shamanic astrology. And, and it was right around that time. I had made a declaration to the universe. I want to live a magical life. And I didn't know what that meant. I just knew that whatever I was experiencing, I didn't want to be experiencing anymore. Yes, yes. And it was shortly after that, I got introduced to shamanic astrology. And when I, I, I always thought astrology was interesting, but complicated. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but when I, when I saw what this was, I was like, this, I have to know this, right. it just lit me up. Like, oh my gosh, this is life-changing. And, uh, and, and so I said yes to that. So I think that sometimes we're given opportunities and we can say yes or no to them. And sometimes, right. sometimes those choices, maybe we get another opportunity later down the road. And it's not like we're being punished, but we're just um, experiencing the consequences of certain choices that we've made down the road. That's that hopefully, you know, is, is getting us more towards the 
destiny that we chose before we even came into this life. So we did choose it, whatever it is, whatever our destiny is, we chose it. So how the people that come to see you, because a lot of this language is very, I'm sure very foreign to my, (laughs) very foreign to me, (laughs) Um, even though I'm studying both shamanism and astrology, but what, why, why do they usually come to you? What do they usually walk away with? Are they more clear on their purpose? Mm-hmm. And shamanic astrology, how, I mean, what if someone's just sitting here listening to this and thinking, well, how does this pertain to me? You know, how does, how do I, as a person, interweave this into my life to make it more magical and more find the mystery and what am I co-creating? So I think, uh, but there's probably a lot of answers to that question, but mm-hmm. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say that the first thing I do with people is I explain to them what's the intent. Why have they come? Why are they here? What are the mysteries that they're here to investigate? You tell them they don't mm-hmm. come and tell you. No, I tell them. Oh, okay. Based on their chart, what I right. see, we, do it, we don't do it from a predictive point of view. We do it from a more um, mythical archetypal point of view. So it's, so it doesn't limit you to any one thing. And oftentimes people are already doing some aspect of that and they would like to be doing more. So now I've just given them permission to do more of that because they thought they should be doing something else right. or um, they're just getting validation for something that they're already, they already felt aligned with. So that's really helpful. And I know the first time I got a shamanic astrology reading at the age of 34, and it was like, it explained everything like, okay, this is exactly why I have felt this way. This is why I've made these choices. This is why. And it gave me permission to embrace that even further. The other piece of it is to know what time it is for you. So if we think about timing is everything, it even says that in the Bible, just saying. <laughs> timing is everything. <laughs> And so it's like, if you're trying to plant a garden in winter, not going to work very well. If you know your timing, you know, the times to be in more active out there doing things, creating things, you know, launching things, whatever it might be, or, and, or the times when it's better to just wait until the timing for that comes along and to focus on other things. So the, the, the initiation cycles that we go through are helping us grow and evolve but sometimes it's not about putting our energy into the world as it is about into ourselves, doing more of that deeper inner work. And sometimes it really is about what we need to put into the world or what we're wanting to put into the world. And so when we are aligned with those timings, we can uh, have much greater success (laughs) and or results from that. Um, And, you know, even people who don't know about astrology, they will just oftentimes just know the, the universe is pushing back. I, I'm trying to make this thing happen. It's just not working. It must not be the right time. And we can usually tell when the right time for those things are based on the cycles people are in. Mm-hmm. So do those you, are the two things. Do you suggest that people, I, I hear, or I say it, I don't hear it that often, but often, you know, I feel like the universe is telling me this, or, you know, I was just downloaded that because it's, it's true. But do you suggest to people that they really 
quiet their minds and just listen and let the universe tell them it's the right time or what kind of things that can a person do? Yes, that is um, another thing to do because ancient peoples did this is they went and spent time under the night sky right. and and with and had a communication and connection to the stars and in fact there's a great book written by a woman named Paige Bryant it's called uh, star walking shamanic practices for traveling into the night sky and and she and I, I she wrote this book back in the 90s I think and and uh, I got it soon after she wrote it and I was just like Perfect. This is so perfect because this is what we've lost. We've lost the ability to go and get our own direct information. And so I feel like shamanic astrology is helping people to get reconnected to that so they can get their own connection. So they don't need an astrologer to tell them. Now, some people just don't want to learn it and that's fine. And so they'll, they'll come back and, you know, whatever. And then there's other people who are like, oh, this is so good. I need to know this. And I want to be more empowered to know when to do things and how to do things and that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, there, the, the other thing that we kind of have lost touch with is uh, how to do ceremony how to create intentions. And when we create intentions through ceremony and ceremony, really the, the main thing about ceremony is it's a way to focus our intention. Mm -hmm. So if we um, have an intent, so from, you know, say you want to live a magical life, create an altar, altars, altar awareness. So create an altar that's magical yeah. and that helps you to remember that intention. And then at new moons and full moons or certain specific, like if you have personal cycles that are happening, you can go, and activate that altar, light a candle, smudge, you know, do whatever it does that helps you to feel like you're aligning with that, because that's really what any ceremony is all about. And you can't do it wrong. <laughs> the only thing that might you could do wrong is if you are trying to do something that is not uh, that maybe trying to manipulate somebody else or something that's not in alignment, it's like not coming from the heart. Right. So that's the only way you could. I mean, people. Black magic, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is there are people that do that kind of thing. And that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about really like aligned with the divine, aligned with your divine purpose and that kind of thing. So that's-, that's How would one bring, let's say they're not um, really, they just never really studied this. And, but you know, ceremony and ritual, I think it's intriguing to everyone simply because even I will call them rituals, even having, you know, chicken and noodles on every Friday night or <laughs> Shabbat, you know, in the Jewish tradition or, or, you know, the, the birthday dinner, whatever it might be, those things that the family like depends on, they know it's going to happen. And it's every, every sense, um, everything is involved, you know, touching, feeling, seeing, hearing, smelling, <laughs> and <laughs> the importance of ceremonies and rituals on in a shamanic sort of way, and I guess astrological too, what could pe people bring into their homes and not only that, share with their children to help them think about intentions and the importance of living a, a magical, a magical life. What, the thought that comes to my mind is one of the things I love to get people to do is create a vision board mm. because it's a way of like tuning into your intention. What is, what is it that you want to experience? 
and then you find images and and words and and you know you could maybe even create an intention statement to put on that put it somewhere where you'll see it often and you don't have to think about it this is the other thing about altars too you can put it on your altar is you don't have to think about it it's like when your eye sees it when you it reminds your subconscious of the intention that you created and it's powerful um, I will say some things happen more quickly than others. <laughs> yes. I've, I've, I've put out an intention and had an immediate response that's happened so fast. It made my head swim, right? Like, Whoa, that was quick. And then I've had others that took five years. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow, that took a long time. That's like, I've had that intention out there for a while. It would just, would just took the time it took, but it was a big intention. Um, and also the other thing to keep in mind is whenever we set an intention, um, anything in the way of that has to get cleared. So if we have limiting beliefs, if we have negative habits and attitudes and ways of doing things, um, if we have things that we haven't really fully grasped within ourselves. So I, you know, I've been involved in priestess circles for many years and I see women come and they set intentions and then suddenly all their shadow stuff is coming up and they maybe want to project it onto somebody else and make them the problem and make make it about but really they have to it's it's because it's within them that's why they're seeing it so right. then the opportunity is to uh go huh okay i maybe i have this limiting belief and i and i think and now somebody's reflecting that back to me how, you know, so that's the opportunity that we have. Right. And that's part of how we're co-creative too, because as long as we have that limiting belief, we're going to keep recreating uh, circumstances that will reflect it back to us until we own it mm-hmm. and transmute it and transform it. And so it becomes our medicine, not our wound or not our, not the thing that holds us back. Uh, and so that's a, that's a big part of the the process as well. So we, it's about taking personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we want to create magic, but to do that, we have to get out of our own way sometimes. Right. Can you give us an example of maybe one of your, your clients that they set an intention and kind of like what, or even your own example and what I'll use the buzzword manifested after really praying on that or meditating on that and creating some sort of a ritual or altar around that? something that's leaping to my mind. So I'll share this is that on my 46th birthday and 40 age 46 is a powerful birthday because the sun and the moon come back to the same sign and degree, very close to the same phase. They were very close to the birthday and there's a mercury return. It's the most exact one of your life, unless you live to be 92. And then there may be other personal things that are going on, but I was aware of this on my 46th birthday. This was some time ago, 20 years ago. <laughs> and I, I um, so I went for what I called a ceremonial hike. And I, I had, I took some tobacco and some cornmeal with me. And I was saying intentions as I'm hiking and I'm like blowing on it and putting it on my heart. And I'm hiking, 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 and I'm going up this mountain and then at some point I finally was like, okay, that's good. And I, and I offered it to the land. I gave it to the land mm-hmm. and I went to like a few hundred yards and I, I was looking down and I saw a little, looked like a, um, like a toy, like a little toy on the, on the side of the trail. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And I thought, well, I should pick it up because, and look at it to see what it really is. I, th- I thought it was like a lion leaping, um, not the best eyesight in the world. I wasn't wearing glasses yet. <laughs> 
had time, but I probably should have been. Anyway, so I reached down to touch it and it was cold and squishy. And I was like, ah, <laughs> like, oh my God. It was, it was some kind of dead little dead animal. And just I just started walking away and I was chanting mantras and you know, whatever for, the, for that poor little animal. And I hear this message, stop and go back. And I don't hear messages like that a lot. I'm not one of those kind of people. I'm like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I only have so much time. I have to get to the top of the mountain. I have to get back. I have to get back by a certain time. Stop, go back. I'm like, fine. So (laughs) arguing with myself, I I went back and it was a little baby bunny that had been aborted beside the trail. And rabbit is our, um, in the medicine cards by Jamie Sands, um, is fear. It's like, so here's the, you know, so that's one of the, one of the symbols that it's about and it had its little ears and it has little feet and so on. So I, I took a really close look at it and I just dug a little hole and I put it in and I put, started putting rocks on it, like a little rock cairn. And then I thought, oh, I'm going to put a stick in that rock cairn so I can remember it when I come back. And I stepped down the trail, I pick up and I live in the Arizona desert. So it's the, like a choya um, that had been. That, that's now just like it's a, it's a long stick with lots of little holes in it and there's no spines left on it and I um I pick it up and I turn around and there's a man standing in front of me like he appeared out of nowhere I didn't hear him coming I didn't hear anything he's got on a hiking hat and he's holding a staff like he looks like a wizard <laughs> oh my gosh he looks like a wizard and I'm like holding up the stick and I'm like because that startled me and I I'm like uh, I'm not going to hit you with this. <laughs> I just said, Oh my gosh. He goes, I was trying not to scare you. And I go, that didn't work. <laughs> and I told him what I, and then I felt like I should tell him what I was doing, like why I had the stick and I was going to put it in. And I went and put it in the cairn and he looks at it for a moment. And he said, one of the things he said was, well, that little bunny could have gone into the belly of an animal or into the belly of the earth. So this is good that it went into the belly. Mm-hmm. Of the earth. And then he, and then he ponders it for a moment and he says, I'll remember this when I come back. And then he walks on and I was like, whoa, that was amazing. Literally when I got home, I, um, I, I was like, okay, I got to look up rabbit medicine. Rabbit is also the symbol for the goddess, Eostar and Easter and the Easter rabbit and all, uh, all that going on. So I was like, okay, so I just needed to know more. And I, and I um, come across a website of the Rosicrucians. Now my parents were both Rosicrucians. So this was significant to me. And it said the um, mountain of initiation, I was climbing the mountain. The first step in the mountain of initiation is you encounter the rabbit and the old man. Oh my gosh. I am like, and my life started changing at that point. Like, whoa, like it, you know, things got really accelerated <laughs> and it got me onto a whole new path. It took a little while because I had a lot to, to let go of and I was a real resistant, but, um, but I was just like, wow. So when, you know, and I had just finished putting out all my intentions and all, and then all that happened. And I did get to the top of the mountain, by the way, <laughs> that day. Mm-hmm. And it was 4,600 feet at the top. So I was like, huh. On my 46th birthday, I climbed up to the four, to 4,600 feet. So it's another piece. Yes, of, yes. Of so how, so what did you do with that after you looked this? Well, first of all, it sounds like you really need to take a deep breath and be aware 
I mean, just to be aware and then to be curious, right? To go yes. home and check yes. that out. And just yes. that, that came up what your parents were. Um, and so being aware, but then, so you went home with this and you said things started to change and how did your life change and what sorts of things did you start doing to help manifest that energy even more so? So sometimes we don't have to do anything. It just happens. <laughs> mm. We have a very strong, powerful intent. And sometimes the messages that we get back will be just a confirmation that we're on the right track. Cause I've asked questions of sake. Could you just like, please help me know that I'm on the right track with right. this. And then something shows up and it's like total confirmation. So I'll just give you two quick examples. One was I, I was been doing a lot of ancestral healing work. And I was like one morning, this was about two or three years ago. I woke up in the morning and I was going to go for my morning walk. And I'm like, could you just send me a sign? Cause I'm really feeling like, I don't know if this is working at all. And literally on my morning walk, I saw a Gila monster. Now I live in the Arizona desert. So uh, so you can see them here, but they're very rare to see. They're only above ground, maybe one to 3% of the time. But I see them a lot. They are like a medicine animal for me. And when I see them, I'm like, my ancestors are talking to me. So I was like, okay, I'm on track. Perfect, perfect. Right. Another time I was in a Saturn cycle and I, and I was in seven years of Saturn um, as I was going through my, getting ready to go through my second Saturn return. And I was feeling like I was just not, making the changes that I needed to make, or I, I wasn't sure I was really just feeling very challenged. And so on. so I said, could you just send me a sign please about, you know, that I, anyway, we talk about Saturn cycles as a snake shedding its skin, because it's like the old form, the old ways that we have been doing things may not be working anymore. We've outgrown them. doesn't mean they weren't great at one time. It just means now we've outgrown it. And the snake, when it's shedding its skin is often irritable and cranky and maybe doesn't feel like things are going the way they want it to go. <laughs> right, right. So I'm walking, I'm hiking up this trail and I find myself going off in this other trail, like, like not really thinking about, it. I'm just kind of tuning in and I'm like, oh, I think I should check that out. And then I find myself going up this uh, up this hill and I get to the top of the hill and I see a rock and I'm like, I'm going to go sit over there. But then I feel, see another rock and I'm like, Nope, going over and sitting on this rock. And I sit there and I take it all in the beauty and I'm, you know, I'm calming down. I'm like, okay, this is an incredible place to be. And I have some water and I have a little snack. And then I look down at my feet and there's a snake skin. Interesting. I was like, Oh, and so I gathered it up. And I made a rock cairn and I said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I flew down the mountain, almost flew down. The, I mean, I really literally went down the mountain pretty quick. From mm -hmm. And I was like, that was the exact confirmation that I felt like I needed, that the universe was sending me the sign. It's like, how rare is it? I don't, you don't find snake skins that often. No, even in, no, even in I, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, I, and I put it on my altar. So it would remind me, and I would see it all the time that, the, that yes, I'm on the right track. <laughs> right. I do find um, in shamanism, it is really important to be out in nature, especially when making as much as you can, but making an intention and, and giving that for the listeners that don't, don't know, because I didn't know until I started setting shamanism, cornmeal is like a gift to mother earth and 
Um, you can take cookies like for the fairies, for the magic of the earth and incense to, you know, Father Sky and, and all these different things. And it's just basically to say thank you to the universe. And I think that's really important. I like okay. to do rose petals too, or flower oh, rose petals. petals. Another good one. Yeah, yeah. there's, there's yeah. all kinds of things you can do. So, yeah. so fun. Nice. Well, Kaylin, unfortunately we are running out of time. Um, what is, um, what are some words of wisdom you have to tell the world that, that can be helpful to people that aren't, aren't really, once again, familiar with this sort of thing? Uh, so, you, you know, learning to listen to your own inner knowing, mm -hmm. I think is one of the biggest things. And oftentimes we dismiss it. Uh, and I'll just say, you know, we're recording this the day after Neptune went retrograde and it's, I feel like Neptune is the planet that is helping us to learn, to listen to our intuition, but mm -hmm. it can also be the one where we have the most illusions. <laughs> Around. great it's kind of an oxymoron oh my gosh i'll have them right yes. so um i uh i there's times where we can talk ourselves out of our knowing but if we listen and i was um another hike i was doing with a friend in a canyon it was night and we were getting lost because there was this dream we had to keep finding the and suddenly i knew we had to find the sign to get to the parking lot to get up and out or we were going to wind up way far away from where we needed to be. And she said, I think the trail's over here. She'd been there hundreds of times. I'd only been there. This was my first time ever, but I knew in my heart that it was straight ahead. I just knew it. Mm. And there was a part of me that's like, well, she's been here hundreds of times. She probably knows this better than I do. Maybe I should just follow her. And then there was something about, no, just listen to your own knowing. And so I just kept going straight ahead. And within a couple hundred yards, my, um, flashlight hit the sign. And then I was yeah. calling for her because I could hear her like crashing around trying to find something. And so we got out and I was like, and when I, that sign lit up, I was like, I'm having a Neptune moment. I knew it. And I didn't talk myself out of it. So I, I feel like people, whether, whether you do the astrological mysteries or you have some other path, whatever it is, listen to your own inner knowing and we can get so distracted by everything that's outside of us and we're constantly being told you should do this you should do that it's this way it's that way it's no it's not this is right this is wrong no we need to tune all that out and just go within and and really feel into what feels alive and true and honest and authentic within us and that is one of the best ways we can begin to navigate. And then, you know, the thing about love about astrology is it can help confirm. <laughs> yes, yes. Because I was in a Neptune cycle at the time that that happened. And I was like, huh, okay, this is how Neptune works because it made no logical sense that I would know that it was straight right, ahead. Right. It made no logical sense, but it was absolutely true. Yeah. So. Well, thanks for sharing that. Well, people want to learn more, which I definitely do, about shamanic astrology and find out more about you. How would they do that? <laughs> okay, so um, I have a website. You to you, you can either go to kaylincastell.com or celestialtimings.com, and there's a lot of information, a lot of articles, there's videos, there's lots of things that you can tune into. Um, from my website, I also do Venus alchemy, which is a ceremonial journey through the Venus cycle, reclaiming our, the wisdom of the divine feminine initiation 
going into the underworld, dying, being reborn, re, you know, reascending or coming back out of the underworld. That's what that's all about. Um, also now doing something called My Star Alchemy, which is learning about the stars, not the signs, not, you know, the sun signs or whatever people are into uh, uh, or know about astrology, but this is the literal stars in the sky, like the star Sirius and the Pleiades and, uh, you know, Aldebaran and Antares, and there are certain specific stars, Regulus and Spica, these stars have their own mysteries. And so I've been working with that too. So mystaralchemy.com, venusalchemy.com, kaylincastell.com or celestialtimings.com. Lots of different possibilities. You are busy. You're a busy woman. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we'll put all those in the show notes also. So, so people will know. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is really <laughs> very educational and it's shown me that I have a lot more to learn. So I'm really excited about that. But thanks so much, and you have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Okay. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at interviewswithinnocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you.